genre. What up, nerds? Welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here, as I'm always here, with Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Bite. Hey, yo. It's courtesy. I want to remind the listener this is a spoiler heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books, we're going to ruin those for you. Um, I'll give you timestamps, the episode description, so you can skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story this week is Spider Man. Raven's Last Hunt by J.M. Dematias, Mike Zek, Ian Tetralt, and Bob McCloud. Fucking Craven comes hard in this book, bro. Comes yeah, out the spider, he does. Comes out the gate hard. We get some real Spider-Man. <laughs> we, been, we don't really talk about Spider-Man much on this show. Like, it doesn't come up very often. I'm excited. Well, you know. We want to. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we have rules and we haven't been able to in a while <laughs> it just it hasn't really been grabbing uh grabbing us the way it usually does lately um yeah hopefully it doesn't make any sense we could have pulled from just haven't talked about them it's not yeah we just haven't enough. gotten to spider-man just yet. hasn't we'll been sticky that. enough needs <laughs> <laughs> extra sticky yeah uh so how, how how's everyone holding up? How so are we doing? Stupid. What's the temperature out there? We're doing the fine. temperature. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's chilly. <laughs> Rainy. Oh, we're talking about the weather now. Do we do? Are we doing this? I'll do. Everyone's I'll fucking... favorite Sean Paul song. No, I meant you know, like in. Never mind. <laughs> I was just uh, gonna go down my rant of I'm gonna make everyone uncomfortable every time they bring up the weather. Be like, oh yeah, no, it's unseasonably warm because of the heat death of the planet. You know, yeah, that's that been hell. happening for thousands of years. It's fine. Thousands? Oh. Like hundreds? Hundred? Perhaps? Well, we're all melting from the inside. It's okay. I mean, that, I know I am. Personally, I saw the thing on Twitter where it's like, life is just being various stages of cooked. <laughs> like sometimes you're cooked a lot, like out when you're out in the sun, and sometimes, sometimes not so much. And I was like, hmm, I don't like that. I, do, I I don't like it, but I can't disagree. <laughs> yeah, can't really I can't dis- argue with can't it. Dispute that. Just <laughs> walking, and sometimes you fall into like a pile of salt and seasoning, and you're like, "What is happening?" In delicious. those terms, I'm in like a sous vide type situation right now, <laughs> mm. <laughs> where I'm just like that weird pale gray. Like it's yeah. edible, it's edible, but like you're like, "How did Trapped it get like in a this?" Bag? I'm a little tired. I need what to be tenderized. Here? That's where I'm at. <laughs> Oh, I've been I've been far too tenderized. You remember yeah. that time that I was rotting from the inside out? I I am I'm pickled. Yeah, you went the, you went too. You got dropped in something you weren't supposed to get dropped in. Yeah, yeah but you're all I, chock full of antibiotics and, and steroids. Yeah, I'm now. just tendons. Yeah, and, I'm no, just tendons I, I am, and knots. I got to get tenderized. I am fucking GMO like a motherfucker. Yeah, you are I not am, organic. I am I am the opposite of you are organic. artificially large. Full, are you gonna call me fat you no bitch. i was gonna i was gonna say <laughs> something else crazy i was gonna say you have artificially large breasts but i didn't want to go all the way all right shut nah, it dude, all natural baby yeah at least, Goodbye, at, least, at least those are right that's the only thing natural yeah, yeah. honestly everything else is 
manufacture. My, even my serotonin is unnatural. That's fine, but man. We can't all make are. it ourselves. <laughs> the only thing my body is good at the is chosen. The, the chosen few are the ones who can make their own serotonin. Yeah, you. You're the only person I know that isn't on. <laughs> Is it on any kind or of antidepressant needs or needs yeah, to be yeah. on an antidepressant? <laughs> I think that's a good clarifier because I know plenty of people that need to be on. They're like, yeah, it's oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Casey hit me fine. with a hard truth right before we started recording of like, Adam, I think your your executive function is at a point where you need to be medicated. And I've been like <laughs> having a downward spiral ever since. I'm like, oh shit, she's right. I mean, I'm sorry I did that to you, but also it's true. <laughs> And, and you're welcome. <laughs> Literally, the reason this came up is because we were talking about glasses and how oh, annoying yeah. it is that they get dirty. And Adam's like, you know, sometimes when you just like let your glasses get so dirty that you don't realize how dirty they are until you clean them, and you're like, wow, I can actually see it. I'm like, no, that's not actually how it. I, I do that at all. That's you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, I would just clean them every morning because somehow they get dirty while I sleep because you know, ghosts or cats apparently. Yeah, so spiders. Spiders. Yeah, my, spiders. My dopamine machine is uh yeah. is out of it's out of gas. It needs an oil change. The check engine light's been on for like <laughs> weeks. Dude, I feel <laughs> I mean that's the trouble with executive d- dysfunction, right? You have to do a lot of work to get rid of it. Like you have to like <laughs> go to a doctor and get a prescription yeah. and do it. And yeah. it's like that's a lot of things to do the thing. And that just yeah. makes me shut down and not do anything. Exactly. And that's kind of where I'm at. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, this is your wake-up call to fucking maybe handle that. I've been doing the opposite. I've been, like, finally getting stuff on my body fixed, and I just, like, I feel like I'm just getting my, like, tune-up. Just getting my body, just go brought it to the fucking mechanic. It's like, all right. This is everything that's wrong. Just start fucking fixing. Start fucking fixing. That that's what I've been doing. I've just been getting a lot of like medical shit fixed because a a lot of my anxiety comes comes from that shit. So like, if I can give myself a clean bill of health, a lot of the other stuff will fix itself. Right. Yeah. Just getting shit removed out of my body, get all the shit fixed. It's like, all right, it's fine. I just need a doctor to look at me in the eyes and be like, "You're fine. Just you're fine." Just slap you, Doc. Tell me I'm fine. Like that. That right there is the equivalent of like six months of therapy. Just like I just need someone with a degree on the wall to tell me that it's okay. I mean, a degree in what? Technically, I have an associate in arts degree. Yeah, I could tell you. And you're fine. I could lie to you if you want. <laughs> I have a full-on bachelor. I know someone that has a Ooh, master's degree, a bro. Oh my god. She's People right downstairs. She could tell you it's okay. She got a master's? <laughs> Wild. Technically, it's a science master, too. Damn. So that's almost like a therapist. Yeah. I think <laughs> it was so psych I think it was psych related as well. So she's basically a therapist. Yeah. I'm not Here's I'm not how that, that works. Yeah. I skate with a guy who has a degree in psychology. So yeah, we've been making a lot of breakthroughs. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure he loves doing that for free. We get into some deep conversations. Uh I actually had uh, a friend hit me up who's like considerably younger than me and he hit me up out of the blue and was just like, hey, I know we've talked about like mental health before. I was just curious if you had any like words of wisdom on like SSRIs, if like you've been on one or like, you know, like I'm I'm trying to get medicated and I'm terrified and I was just it just felt like this like it's the most maternal I'll ever be. I was just like, (laughs) 
just just want to take that little baby bird and just like put him in my hands and just I just want to nurse you back to health, my little baby. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, so that being said, if you need a uh, mental health uh, advice, mom. I'm here for you. <laughs> it turns out that's my calling. Not to actually be good at mental health, but just be like, yeah, dude, been through that. It sucks. I feel for you. You're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. that's... That's like the best drug counselors are former addicts, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can actually relate to them. <laughs> yeah, the, the best mental health advice is from a crazy person. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what's going on up there, man. Yeah, I just dude. I just hate the idea of being of being medicated for ADD. I've been medicated for ADD and it sucks. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, I I've, I've never it. I've never been I I think I have some form like I've never been diagnosed, but like I have tendencies that like when people talk about it I'm like, "Yeah, no, that 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 tracks, but also how much of that is just the anxiety?" But like, you know, my advice to everyone is like getting medicated is like a fucking lifesaver. It's the greatest thing I ever did. And I got lucky cuz it just worked the first try and that seems to never fucking happen but yeah. like it could happen to you too kids go uh go download an app and get a, a fucking prescription from a stranger on the internet that's what that's what craven should have done download an app <laughs> honestly for, for yes real. that it's is a so perfect transition because that motherfucker was in transition dude... to not the top story sure <laughs> speaking of mental health i guess yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah sure absolutely um, my pick this week is Scarlet Witch number three by Steve Orlando, Sarah Pacelli, and Matt Wilson. This book is quickly becoming one of my favorites. Uh, it's so good. It is incredible. Steve Orlando becoming an incredible writer. I see him like level up just issue to issue and all his Marvel stuff is great right now. Um, so every, every issue so far has been kind of, uh, episodic of just someone coming through uh, Wanda's door and needing help. Um, so this one is no different. Uh, but it starts with um, Wanda and Darcy getting coffee, and uh, they show up, and Lorna is at their uh, their shop. Um, so Polaris and Wanda are sisters, kind of in a weird comic book way because at one yeah. point polaris was magneto's daughter but then not but then also yes i don't know it's exactly like when viv showed up in the last issue it's like this is my daughter daughter-in-law stepdaughter yeah uh, it's my chosen family yeah this this is the girl that was created as a robot of the daughter that was a robot of me. Anyway, yeah. this is my daughter. Well, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, the second issue had Viv and the third issue has Polaris because now you get all of Wanda's weird, complicated family. Like, yeah. Uh, so. I mean, Vision hasn't shown up yet and Wonder yeah. Man hasn't shown up yet. So and like, Magneto, but he can't. And Magneto. He's dead. F in the chat for Magneto. <laughs> Aww. Um,. Anyway, uh, yeah, Pietro was in the first issue, right? Yeah, yes, uh, yeah, first or second, yeah, being bored, Knocking them down, just doing them all, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so they're out grabbing coffee and they come back, and Polaris is there, and Polaris is kind of studying that, um, that amulet, not amulet, uh, like, uh, it's like a little 
metal ball in a cha- on a necklace that uh, Wanda had from the first issue. That's like this weird thing that resists her magic, and she was trying to figure out what it was. And Lorna has a geophysics degree, which is kind of like a joke online in the Twitter community. Um, that is like, <laughs> remember, Lorna has a doctorate. Um, so she's like, and she's and she's a metal person. So she was, you know, studying the uh, the necklace and couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Just that it's not. Um, a metal, it's an ore. Uh, so, the 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 mystery of the necklace continues. Um, but I like it- that there's a little like through line of that plot happening in otherwise like creature of the week, monster of the week style right. like episodic mysteries. Yeah. Yep. Um. So then we get. Uh. So then the door opens, and no one is there. Uh, but they quickly discover that it, there's like there is a presence, but it's, it's very teeny tiny, very teeny teeny <laughs> tiny. It's a little, it's a little microscopic little friend. Yeah. Um. So then they're like, Wanda, do you have a shrinking spell? It's like, of course. So they shrink down, and they meet this person who, uh, her name is Marge, and her design rules because all of Sarah Pacelli's art is amazing, and every design in this book rules, but. She she looks great, uh, and she looks like you know just stripped right from a from a fantasy book. Um, yeah. Essentially, yeah, they she go, oh. they go down into a teeny tiny little like Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah, because so like the oh. way it's like uh, a fucking uh, the narration bubbles is like you go and do this, and wa- like you Wanda are talking to Marge, and it's just like oh shit, yeah. This is- it so, feels like it like I it became the the dungeon master all of these a sudden. pages are amazing. Dude. So Marge yeah, is are. from a place called Subatomica, and uh, her race of people recently just got invaded by uh, Nolians. Like these, this we 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 don't um you you know we don't spend a lot of time like with that conflict. But she's essentially just describing that like uh her her world got invaded. And that uh, her city got destroyed, and she's the last survivor of her city. But she needs to save her people by going and finding this prophesized mythical sword that will help. That was like you know uh, rumored to to uh, be powerful and save everyone. Um, so they go on this quest to find the sword. Um, and as Casey was mentioning, there's. It's the essentially the the story from then on becomes this kind of like one page giant splashes with no other panels and a narration box by Wanda or whatever. Um, and I feel the, like the the, uh, the art in the deluxe editions of fantasy novels. Yes, that's what it feels. It kind like. of feels. It's great. I I it kind of um it's probably just because I was reading it recently, but it kind of reminds me of an issue of Sandman. Um. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah because bit, it's, yeah. it's that, like, it, there's no dialogue. Like, the entire story is being told in past tense and... In, in right. For first... No, second person. Yeah. Um, but it's almost um, like prose instead of, like, yeah, comic exactly. book yeah. writing. And it's just a flex by Orlando. Just, like, sure, really sure. get to stretch the, like, fantasy narration. Mm-hmm. And also, at the same time, dealing with, like, Wanda's, you know, overarching grief. Because... She's still not perfectly 
there. Uh, it's a, you know, mental health is also a journey. Um, anyway, uh, so they get to the spot where the sword is supposed to be, and it's not there. It was either taken a long time ago or just a lie, because it was just a, you know, a, a folk tale. Anyway, um, but Wanda, her power is literally probability control and, you know, shaper of realities. So she makes a reality uh, where the sword exists. And her and her sister, who's a metal witch, start crafting metal and forging witch. a sword <laughs> from Fucking nothing. Hell yeah. Hell it's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so they, they craft Cut this like Shira sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and they. Yeah, it's a they, dope looking sword. It's great, yeah, and they they give it to Marge, and she goes, and the the next pages are just essentially them whipping ass and just you know, uh, t- uh, kind of making a small scale rebellion, and then later, uh, they're like you know, I ca- uh, Wanda kind of wants to help more, but uh, it's like no, this is fine. You've kind of set us along the path to where we need to be. I've got to, and then Marge is like, she's got to be the one to kind of fully uh, go through with it. But um, they are able to do a, like a kind of funeral uh, ceremony for her city that passed away. Um, And uh, Wanda and Lorna get to be part of that. And um, then it just kind of ends with, the issue kind of just ends with uh, Polaris and Wanda uh, drinking coffee together, which is adorable, <laughs> and um, they're talking and they're like, you know, they they hadn't hung out a whole lot, and this is the first time that they've they've seen each other in a while. And Polaris just kind of hugs Wanda and is like, "Wanda, uh, you're enough," which is kind of a big sentiment that I've been seeing in like a lot of like mental health discussions of like that yeah. kind of line being used, and it's very sweet. Um, so. This issue ruled. It was definitely my favorite thing that came out this week, and this book continues to be amazing. Um, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Oh, also, there's yeah, there's a cliffhanger for next issue. Yeah, we finally figure out why Darcy went through the door. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, well, kind, kind of. of. Uh, that comes back to to bite her the, the ass. Shop, she's been the shop is burned about. down. Uh, one to. How do you pronounce that? Scythia? I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry, I already closed it. I don't Scythia. Yeah, Scythia, Scythia. Doesn't really matter. Probably something like that. Yeah. Another awesome uh, character design. Ugh, so yeah, fucking badass. Uh, the thing I really loved about that whole storyline of, of Wanda and, and uh, Lorna helping uh, the, the fantasy tiny realm uh, <laughs> I, I love that they, they get to a point where, like, she, you know, like, uses a sword and, like, overcomes, like, it, it's like a small battle in this war that they're going to have to fight. Because, like, she's able to push back the, the oppressors, like, just enough that they can, like, take a second to breathe and, like, mourn the dead and all that kind of shit. And um, Wanda is like, okay, well, now now I will continue to help you and and marge is like no like this this is a fight that i have to do and wanda realizes that like help without autonomy is just another set of shackles yeah like forcing her her like 
assistance on this like battle doesn't actually help anyone. So you have to just kind of let it go and hope they do well and be there if they need help again. But well, there's like... that, um, well, that kind of plays into uh, uh, the trial of Magneto that Leah Williams wrote. Um, yeah, totally. Which is essentially Scarlet Witch kind of like faking her own death so she could build this room that lets the mutants resurrect people that uh, like let resurrect even more people than they could. And they kind of describe it as she needed, she felt like she needed to give them a gift um, because she genocided them at one point. Um, yeah. Which, so like it kind of plays into Wanda's, you know, kind of redemption arc of her figuring out how to help people. Not, you can't just like, it's not just overbearing support isn't just going to fix everything you have to kind of yeah. learn like yeah forcing forcing your support on somebody can be just as harmful if they need to do if they need to like regain that themselves then yeah forcing it is just it, you're just causing them a different problem and because now they owe you and yeah i think that's one of the best things about the the series is not only um are the like kind of uh issue specific storylines really good and you know fun like this weaved like fantasy and superhero stuff together but also uh orlando isn't shying away from the help that wanda needs uh mentally and uh where the character has been because she's been mistreated um by a writer's standpoint for so long but he isn't shying away from that and each issue kind of like tackles with a bit of uh that uh, and you know more and more kind of setting the character up it's made me like the character for the first time in in years really so doing uh, a great it's, job it's really funny that you say specifically um mis mistreated by writers because i was gonna say i remember before this book was announced you and me both complaining that like she's straight up like never been written by a woman except for in the trial of magneto um and it, it turns out she didn't need to necessarily be written by a woman, just not a straight man. <laughs> we just needed, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, steps. Orlando's Baby fucking steps. killing it. Definitely, definitely, yeah, written, exactly. def like her powers, or like she was just written at a time where mental health wasn't taken seriously at all, and just used as a, oh hey, what if this uh, mentally unstable person who just lost her children fucking killed millions of people because she was upset yeah, yeah they wrote her as yeah. some crazy chick like, yeah yeah his the hysterical woman cliche classic. trope is really easy classic to fall trope. into and then yeah, when exactly. you combine that with a person who has the powers of like a god it it just becomes a really easy story element to lean on and it's like well you know maybe you could take this character seriously instead of nah. just yeah and know. honestly House of M is a good book. I'm not even necessarily talking shit on like the plot of that. It's just that combined with how she's been written ever since is just like, it's just the hysterical woman. Like it's just, you know, so I'm glad she's getting rehabbed for the first time as, you know, taken seriously and taken care of by a writer, you know? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, Good books. Nailed it. Classic. Great. Perfect. It's like an RJ segue. 
<laughs> yeah, I, don't, I didn't know how to tie this in. I, I've got Adventures of Superman, John Kent number one by Tom Taylor, Clayton Henry, and Jordi Belair. Oh, yeah. Talk about yeah. An, an all-star masthead. So, uh, Ultraman is, uh, is pulling a Gore the God Butcher. He's just <laughs> going from, from universe to universe and killing all the Supersmen. Not all the Supermen, just all the, the Kal-El's. Oh, all the Clarks. All the Clarks. All hmm. the Clarks. Really? Yeah, hates he's Clark. He's got, he's got some kind of device that damages the powers of Clarks. It's a Clark gun. It's Clark <laughs> Clark, gun. Some sort of Clark ray. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we, we land on Earth Zero, and uh, John Kent Superman is, you know, responding to some to some danger, and like like of all of these satellites are crashing, and he runs into another superman valzad baby yeah yeah valzad um yeah so zod is apparently a superman in we've we've talked about him as a character yeah we've met him before yeah okay yeah yeah one of those dc events we talked about him So there's there's this this moment where where John and and Zod are kind of going back and forth where he's like should I trust you like you are Zod and he's like I I have someone who can vouch for me and they go to Mister Terrific he's like yeah I know this dude he's cool yeah no I yeah he's these good people uh, I absolutely love like they run into each other because uh, Val Zod shows up and like helps this like planetary crisis where every uh, satellite is falling from the sky. So, like, Valzad shows up, and they, like, literally run into each other while trying to capture, like, the last satellite that was about to fall. And, uh, John is literally like, yeah, um, I think it's really stupid when superheroes do that thing where they show up and just immediately start beating the shit out of each other and don't, like, just sit and, like, actually talk for a second. Uh, I think it's really stupid and it looks poorly, poorly on us. I'm like, yeah, I'm really sick of that trope in writing, so thank you, Tom Taylor, for just <laughs> circumventing that. And also being like, yeah, no, also, like, I can tell that you're not from this universe because, like, on a molecular... 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 Level, <laughs> that was very difficult. Tongue twister. <laughs> I hate that yep. word. I know. Molecular. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we get the whole rundown of, of everything that's happening. So, since because Ultraman is only targeting Clarks, all of the non-Clark supermen... We're gonna team have to up, get baby. together, team up, and and you know, save the day. And there's like this robot lady there that's like kind of red tornado. Whole... What's that? Red tornado. Red tornado. So we know who this is. This yes. is so all tornado, brand new shit to me. Red tornado <laughs> is a character in the DCU. He's an android. Um, I, I think most recently he was in that um Mark Russell book. Um, yes, One Star Squadron or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he's just kind of like a no, like a like a regular on the Justice League in and out. He was in the cartoon a bunch if you if you watch yeah. the Justice League uh, Unlimited. But um, in this reality, Red Tornado is a lady, and we find out that in that reality, it's Lois Lane. Yeah, that's because this is a continuation. This world is a continuation of Tom Taylor's Earth Two stuff. Earth yeah. Two is a New Fifty Two book that is essentially the JSA. 
like as a whole different planet. And um, Tom Taylor is the one who succeeds uh, James Robinson on that book. That's kind of where he cut his teeth out on DC. Um, so these are characters are all from Earth too. Oh, okay. I thought this was just like, all right, we're just diving straight in. But of course, these exist. That that happens to me every time I read a DC (laughs) book. I'm like, oh, here's a new friend. And it's like, no, he's been around for That's why those editor notes help me. It's like, oh, look, books I haven't read. Good. I'll just move on. (laughs) So yeah, so Lois Lane- You mean to tell me that Captain Carrot is a real fucking character? (laughs) Get out of town. (laughs) So Lois Lane meets Lois Lane. And that's where this ends. Well, and it's especially because um, basically they they show up and they like uh, they take Mr. Terrific shows up with um, Valzad and Red Tornado at like the the Kent home. And uh, Lois is like, "Okay, y'all have been paying attention because you clearly knew that Clark wasn't going to be here. So like, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, we knew that if Clark was here, he would insist on going with us. And if he goes with us, he'll die. We're doing this on the DL, bro. Yeah. This guy's and, got and a I, Clark Ray. We got to be Clark. careful. <laughs> yeah, and Clark's I, I a liability on this mission. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I didn't read any of the Bendis stuff, but in the Bendis stuff, uh, John Kent gets abducted by uh, Ultraman. And basically, like, that's the reason there's an age jump yes. is because he spent his, like, later childhood. It's like magic in Limbo. She gets yeah. like yeah, exactly. she gets artificially aged in a in a in a dimension. But didn't he <laughs> actually experience it as like a decade? Or uh, it seems like well, it's... so did Ileana. Yeah, oh, okay. seems like well, he yeah, was but like there to, for a long to time. us, it was like a year, but to him, it was like eight years or something. It's yeah. like, like re- it's like reverse light speed travel. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he he was trapped in Ultraman's uh, world. Like you go so co- he too close so he, to a black hole. But so, but he he's got a lot of experience dealing with Ultraman, so it's like he it's personal like on both and levels. It's personal. That, <laughs> yeah, well, Ultraman it's seems like a real dickhead. But also, I mean, like, yeah, um, <laughs> sure. The <laughs> cover is his Road to Injustice, and we know that the endpoint for this book is the in- Injustice stuff, which Tom Taylor also worked on. So yeah. I don't know how that's gonna. I mean, like that Clark is very very evil. So I don't know yeah. how Ultraman is going to deal with that guy. Um, yeah, that that will be very interesting. That's kind of like a they fight and whoever wins, we all lose kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Like a like an alien versus predator moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an extinction yeah. level event. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing these characters again. It was great. Yeah. I love that. I Earth like this book. book. I'm, I'm fucking Tom Taylor's becoming one of those writers where if his name's on it, I'm picking it up at least to check it out. Yeah, and this is a great place to jump into the Dawn of DC before Titans comes out. Yeah, I'm which excited. I'm really I'm hyped for. Really looking forward to Titans. That should be great. Yeah, we just got more Dawn of DC announcements today. Yeah, they're I'm wild. A- this this <laughs> relaunch is crazy. I'm excited for like almost every book. Which yeah. is pretty rare in these big announcements. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I've been I've been more into DC lately than I have my whole life. I mean, look at me. I've got a Same. Superman book as a as a top pick. Like, <laughs> I agree, and they're putting some really good talent on the big books, or and they're making them like unique. Like they're not just the same book we've been reading forever. Yeah, they, I mean, and they have artists like Jordi Belair, who is just yeah, yeah they just got it. they just have uh, Belair and Bonville and just. 
tie, uh, just locked in an office coloring every book that's ever been made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they all look incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just the DC's color. I keep saying this every week. I say this at some point. DC's colors are on the mark right now. They're beautiful. Yeah. I feel like every time we talk about a DC book, it's Bel Air or Bond villain, like almost every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Prianto. That's the other one that comes up a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of a book that doesn't have any of those people. No, great colors, though. But it does have incredible it does have great art colors. and color work. Fucking it amazing does. art. Um, this is uh, This is... Clear number one by Scott Snyder and Francis Manipool. So this is actually um, this is a Comicsology original, and I think it's just now making it to print. Um, so this has actually been out for a little bit. So you might know about this book already, but I think it's out in paper form. So we we got it. Man, this felt like <laughs> this felt like old Scott Snyder. This shit it was really good. Yeah, this Blade Runner <laughs> motherfucker this, is so fun. This thing I got me. This, this thing book. got me from the jump. It's like double yeah. size too. It's lengthy. It is. Yeah. It's the same as um the the last Scott Snyder thing. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but the Night of the Ghoul. I think that came out. Uh, there was another break. comicsology one too. It was a co- another comicsology one that was like six issues long and yeah. came out in three issues. So it was like each one was yeah. double sized. Um. Yeah, no, uh, this, I'm I'm digging all of this shit that Scott Snyder's been up to. I love to. Anyway, we can get into it later. But yeah, so this one, um, this one just starts with a woman walking through the city, and 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 like climbing up a tower and the Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge. Well, oh yeah, I guess it is San Francisco. You're right. Um, gets to the top of the Golden Gate Bridge and just jumps off um all um all with the narration of this story of this kid talking about this old joke about a mental institution where a doctor there's a fire and a doctor needs to get everyone out and he tells uh three of the patients to help him out one of which was a um one's a playwright one's a composer and one is a painter and gives him his watch and says, here, you got five minutes and sets the alarm. And then he comes back and he, all the inmates are on the roof listening, um, watching an imaginary play by the playwright on an imaginary stage painted by the painter and, with listening to imaginary music by the composer. And then they threw the watch in the ocean. <laughs> They're like, We're, we have all the time that we need up here. And the guy's like, thank you. This is all, and that's like the end of the joke. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. <laughs> well, it ties in very neatly to the plot of it ties the, into of the plot dystopia. But it's just very interesting. Yeah. So basically, then we get brought into this world. This world reminded me, uh, like very Blade Runner. It reminded me of, like Tokyo Ghost a little bit. Too. I was about to say Tokyo Ghost. That's what yeah, it reminded very me. Of. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the idea is basically, um, they've created this technology. Uh, this um. Veils. Veils. Thank you. Could not think of that word. Uh, these <laughs> veils that people can get like on in their eyes or like in a helmet where they can augment reality. So like they can say if like, oh, if you're really into like animals, you can just see animals. If you're into the eighties, everything will just be everyone and everything will look like it's from the eighties. If you want to look like an apocalypse, so on and so forth. All the way up to very explicit fucked up shit <laughs> so yeah, like, like living in read, porn world we read a while back where like it was that that kid had like a helmet that made everything look like cartoon characters and like oh were um, we, we live 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. similar. Yeah, and like I said, some other con- comics have done similar things, I think, and like these almost like dystopian future realities. So yeah, um, but this society, it's gotten to the point where people, it's like there is post a war, and everyone is so traumatized that essentially almost everyone is using a filter. Yeah, the entire society. They talk about like seventy percent of people working work on creating filters like that's where that their entire society has shifted to augmented the reality because and, no one wants to live in it anymore and no two people can have the same one only only like black market illegal like cults yeah. like have the same filter going. they're the same ones and also that's where you get the fucked up shit right yeah, the evil shit the evil shit um and so we're following a cop that's tracking down these black market veils and he just kind of gets in this like throw down fight with one of them and he gets hit with what they call as a zad which forces him to like see all of these veils in rapid succession which leads to some fucking art flexes i <laughs> the love art is how so they good. illustrate this it's <laughs> like this like these like shards of reality yeah so like just um like Manipul just fucking flexing on us yeah, hard. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like one page, and then it will be like cut up into different panels, and each panel will have like an overlay for like each different, but still showing veil. the same scene. So it's right. like we, it's very very cool. This is a perfect example of a book that is a perfect example of the medium. Yeah, like absolutely. There's, Absolutely. This is, there is no conceivable way to do this. Like, the closest anyone's come to doing something like this in a movie is everything everywhere all at once. When she's, like, flipping through the realities. Yeah, like, or it has like, to be super animated. Fast. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, But, like, imagine that scene where, like, Michelle Yeoh is going through all the realities and, like, rapid fire and everything everywhere all at once, except it's a, a single unbroken scene that keeps changing. Yeah, that's the, wild. The that's aesthetic. what makes it yeah, really, I'm, really yeah. cool. I'm really curious. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things, but I'm curious if they're going to go into how veils work and how if you're stuck in like a wild, wild west filter, how things like cars just work. Like, how do you see things? Well, they that- talk about that a little bit because they talk about how um, things are being manufactured so they can be augmented easier. So things like pre the war are harder to veil over. So things they, are being yeah. created to look like that, to look well, like a being, horse or something like that. No, they're they're now they're being created to look as blank as possible. Right, so they can be like, augmented. So yeah, I was going to exactly. say, this must yeah, yeah, destroy yeah. the fashion sure. industry. But like, if, how how yeah. does that work with the filter? Like if you're, like I said, if you're in like a, like what if you're like in a, in like a Jurassic Park well, or like prehistoric your, thing. Well, to you your at, Wild West example, yeah. in this scene we're talking about, there's a part where uh, the car is a, is he's, a, in a like, he's in wagon. a wooden car. Yeah, because it still kind mm. of looks like a car. So, so it just I kind of like it, acclimate itself to. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like a, a horse drawn buggy instead of. Yeah, because it still has wheels and everything, so you could see it a couple times. It's very cool, but I, I think that's an interesting thing that they can explore um, yeah. as they get farther into this. So, what if you go on a plane, like? 
Yeah, depending on what reality you're seeing. You yeah, like yeah. go to like, like prehistoric times and like riding a pterodactyl. That would be fucking dope. <laughs> what, what's what is it supposed to be like if you're interacting with someone who's experiencing a, just such a different version of reality? That's the weird. Thing. I mean, like, I guess I, that's the world we live in now. No, I think that's, the, I, that's what I was. I think I was the about idea to say is, is like. I think the point. <laughs> the point that I got is you're not interacting with people anymore. You're yeah, living in your own reality. You yeah. are literally yeah. not talking to like you see what you want to see. You're not talking, and that's it. Um, yeah. and I think that's no. It's that's it's what's happening. it's a very very prescient and <laughs> yeah. bold analogy for what we're going through right now. Where it's like, yeah, all reality is subjective, and it makes people isolated and miserable. Yeah, there's a quote in here talking about like this this kind of guy's like take on it because um, he's one of the few people that doesn't use these augmentations. Hence the title, Clear. Just raw um, dog in reality. <laughs> but, he just, <laughs> but he just talks about it. He's like, so here we are, a future that isn't some primal scream of horror, but a billion little size, a fucking shrug. It's like, fuck, that hit. That hit pretty yeah. good. <laughs> that did it. Um, um, so the, the, the back half of this, after the fucking cool fight, is he gets called away by uh, another officer to the morgue. Uh, and it's this woman. Uh, he's like, it's her, like, He's like, I didn't, the guy's like, I didn't bring you here to identify. I just thought you would want to know. And we find out later that it's most likely his estranged wife. I don't know. We don't know for sure, but he was married to her at some point and they have, but they haven't spoken in years. Um, so at this point he gets back to his office. He meets up with, cause he's like a PI too. So he got hired by this woman to see if, uh, her husband was trying to see a veil so she, 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 it's like the old classic find out if your husband's cheating pi but like find out if they're using veils to augment reality to find out if they're not if that she yeah. wasn't enough for him because she's out there raw dog in the world too and she's fucking hot Yo, too. yeah so if whatever she's not he enough wanted, that dude is not worth it i i honestly i i think it's gonna come just out that whatever smoke show Whatever his uh, black market veil was, because he's also like the richest person in the world, it's like mm, he probably had some kind of like really. Oh, it's real up. fucked up. For sure. Yeah. Like oh, it's yeah. not that she's not hot, it's that he wanted something like. He's not illegal. into. Mm. Yeah, he's not, he's not into what you're bringing to the table. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but so they immediately kind of have a. They, they, they want to stay puffed the marshmallow, man. Yeah. <laughs> so they're vibing pretty good because uh, they're like one of the few people. The only two that we, it seems like they're in the extreme minority of people who are not using veils. Yeah. And also I, a really interesting detail that I, that I liked a lot was that going clear mm-hmm. is actually more expensive. Correct. Like in order to stay To get clear, a veil that looks like reality or stay clear, it's harder and harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the most cost, uh, like well, uh, I, prohibitive thing to do. Which and it's me, ugly because things are being designed to be augmented, so everything just looks like shit. Yeah, so they're just, just living in a they're living in a brutalist gray nightmare right, more so exactly. than we already do. Everything's but also, covered in QR codes and yeah, basically design. green screens. My, <laughs> my prediction here, because uh, there's also a murder mystery, but we'll get to that. Yeah, that uh, was, was going to be the cap. Yeah, my my prediction here is that there is a clear financial advantage to everyone having an augmented reality so even people that think that they are clear are are not seeing everything probably probably things are being 
veiled from them yeah, without would, their yeah. consent. For you gotta sure. get that clear, clear. I'm a hundred percent sure that you're correct. Yeah. Because like, like that's uh, it's it's just like the internet is in your body now. Like that that's the, yeah, the they're way talking about that like, this works. Yeah, it's not there's no phone like you're it's just part they've hardwired humans into the internet. Yeah. So basically. Yeah, yeah and, and that and that Which is fucked. Yeah, this is just such a really good fucking like neo noir. It is like that's it, what grabbed me. Like, I'm like, this is a fucking fatal. Yeah. It's got the fucking black market. It checks like, every PI fucking box, shit. man. It's got the murder mystery. It's got. Yeah, yeah man. It's, 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 it, yeah. He's a fucking PI. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's the coolest. <laughs> it's like, great. yeah. Like, great sci fi <laughs> aesthetic. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So it wraps up basically. Uh, he's talking about he sent a gift to his estranged wife, hoping to get a response. And on his door when he got there was that gift sent back to him. Um, but on the back, it was etched and said, I was murdered. So <laughs> now oh, we have, yep. now we have a murdered, but with a lot of free time to etch watches. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I feel like there's something there. For yeah. Sure. So that's an interesting thing. So yeah. Um, yeah. What we're saying this, this book grabbed me. Uh, I've, I've always liked Scott Snyder. I, I, we've talked about, obviously we've talked about Swamp Thing, but his like, offshoot stuff like his like original his image stuff like witches is like one of the scariest fucking things i've ever read like he's got some really great um little mini series that are just like just fucking get to it man like and this one feels like one of those like it's all the great elements that you want from all the genres that it's fucking mashing together and it's and then on top of it it's just fucking gorgeous i missed nanopole i I don't remember the last time i've read something with his stuff this Um, is it's awesome so I'm 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 gonna have to pick this one up for sure. If I think there's a trade out because again it was a comicsology, but if not, once it's all in print, I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to get this trade. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was great. All right, uh, I've got Poison Ivy number ten by G Willow Wilson, <laughs> uh, Ma- uh, Marcio Takara, and Arif Prianto. Shocker. Um, Shocker to no one at all. I, I didn't have to get past the first page to know that you were going to talk about this book. <laughs> I thought it about lit- calling dibs on this just to see what you would do. It was the last, <laughs> the last panel, the first page. I'm like, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because literally I've never felt so seen. Like, this is the closest. <laughs> like, to say that I am Poison Ivy uh, is a bold overstatement no, because I your, will never be as hot But that's your cool. life goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will. I I, as, I aspire to be as hot and as cool as Poison. She's Ivy. the center of your vision board. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just. Um. But basically, she's she's been living in Seattle. Uh, with this girl Janet, and seems she's nice. like Janet seems yeah, nice. and she's she's basically she saved Janet. Um, in the course of her like genocidal rampage, and was like oh, yeah, you know yeah, took yeah. pity on her, and uh, it kind of created a friendship, obviously, because you know you can bond through that. Um, but basically, Pam is moving back to Gotham to be back with Harley, and Janet's like, come on, let's just go on this little, like, detour road trip, and, and Pam is like, I'm not going a thousand miles out of the way to Southern California to go to a wellness retreat. For Gwendolyn uh, Caltrop, which is a great name. <laughs> Gwendolyn great Caltrop name. and her company, Glop. Well, that <laughs> so sounds good. like somebody. So on the nose. It's beautiful. 
Uh, and basically, and this is what I knew. Jan- this what it, this is what I knew it was going to get. Casey. Yeah. So Janet is trying to convince Pam to go, and she says, uh, "Come on, it'll be fun. We gotta go relax. Besides, you'd love Gwendolyn Caltrope. Caltrope. Her whole deal is about being environmentally aware and practicing conscious capitalism." <laughs> and, and Pam just like whips around, like, "Did you just?" fucking say conscious <laughs> capitalism to me that fucking and she's just dude, like so yeah and then as as janet realizes what she says she's like no no you can't destroy her please don't oh you oh she's harmless don't kill her and uh don't you yeah, dare pam's kill like, her yeah pam's like we'll we'll fucking see about that now we're going bitch <laughs> yeah be careful so what you decide- wish for yeah this exactly. relationship doesn't seem like it's gonna go too much farther yeah yeah this doesn't seem uh, very healthy no 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 um, well, well, we'll see why it, uh, it goes even worse. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so they decide to go to this wellness retreat and <laughs> as they're driving up, uh, Pam is like, I think I smell high end patchouli oil, <laughs> which is, uh, oxymoron immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like, I'm five minutes in. I'm already mistaken. It's like, this is annoying, but it's not malicious. Like the green has no enemies here. And. She's just listening to um, not Gwyneth and Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, <laughs> uh, saying just like just spewing the dumbest woo woo bullshit. Just like this is about like interchangeably like Glop is committed to using recycled fibers in our free tote bags. When we consume responsibly, you can consume everything. Glop <laughs> killed like, me. Uh, Glop. Oh man. So um but as as uh not Gwyneth Paltrow is going on about n- not goop. Um <laughs> not goop TM uh, not goop TM. Pam, yeah. Pa- uh, Pam sees a like out of the corner of her eye, she thinks she sees Woodrow and she's just like there's no This motherfucker. Way. Motherfucker, he's fucking killed him. He's fucking dead. He can't he can't hurt me. He's dead. And uh so he follow she follows this like skittering something into the barn and she finds like all like the basically the caterers like preparing for the guests and there's this like I love the way that Takara drew these faces it's that like too smiley unhinged smile like it's, it's like, like, that like the way that- smile yeah, 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 like the way that like monkeys smile when they're trying to actually just show aggression, but it's like it's technically a smile, but there's no it's there's no happiness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, this is a hate smile. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like this one server is just like, would you like a glass of ad- ad- adaptogenic green juice while you wait? Maca powder, maca powder, <laughs> celery juice, proprietary wild forage combination of mushroom elixirs, and uh, Pam is like. Man, when you fucking forage for wild mushrooms, it can go fucking wrong. You know that, right? And she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, she's like, definitely getting well re- plant wicker man right now, but it's fine. Right, one hundred percent. And she just commits because she's like, you know what? What's the point of being immune to poison if I can't just Dude. drink some goddamn dubious green juice? For real. She's now. like, I'm the green. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, the worst that can happen is that you signed a fucking waiver <laughs> and you just got dosed, bitch. And you fucking trip balls. Uh, yeah. So they <laughs> they start. Uh, basically, it was uh, it was it was mushrooms. They they all get high as fuck and they have a massive lesbian origin. Which is wild that this is in a DC book. I know. It's wild. <laughs> Who the fuck gave them 
my dream journal. This is wild. Like, it's this, takes, also- this takes a sharp hairpin turn, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it really does. It's not like explicit, Especially- but it's like one of them's wearing a unicorn head. And it's just like, all right, let's fucking go, bro. <laughs> It's it's as close as DC can get to explicit. Yeah, like, absolutely. It is just it is just women just like ripping off clothes and making out in mm-hmm. a fucking barn at a wellness retreat. It's fucking so cool. Um, but yeah, and it. like as it's happening, Pam realizes that it's like this is uh, this is not good. Uh, something is off. I need to figure out. But like also feels that she's just like. I'm just going to stop resisting. Like uh, the, the hallucinogens giving me weird vibes and Janet just professed her love for me. Um, Cause like Janet is also tripping balls. So she just is like, you're uh, the, you're like, she call her like, like I've wanted you so bad since you stood over me in the wreckage. Like I just, I just want to be, I just, I need you to know how I feel about you. And then, yeah, they, they just fucking hook up. And, uh, I love the the just like strong messy queer vibes of Pam's inner monologue being like uh Harley will understand she knows what it's like to get caught up in the moment I could just tell her about this we'll all laugh about it together but I am feeling guilty while I'm still doing it <laughs> just <laughs> god, god damn it you fucking messy gays um and then yeah uh then not Gwyneth Paltrow in her deranged smile comes in and is basically just like the part of Glop mission is realizing we're all connected like a mycelial network. Each person is a unique node of existing, reaching out of, ex- of existence, reaching out with tendrils of thought and energy toward every node around her. Mushrooms have so much to teach us. And everyone's just like, yo, are you, are you fucking blackmailing me? Because like, what if my kids find these pictures? Like, also, what have if- you seen the last of us? They're going to kill us all. All right. So just be careful. <laughs> I hate that the last yeah. of us is making everyone afraid of mushrooms. Well, they made it everyone afraid of mushroom fucking ten years ago when that game came out, so it's fine. Like it's it's now bad enough that it everyone's afraid of clowns now, but now it's mushrooms. Come on, we got to be afraid of <laughs> mushrooms and global warming. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's the it's the global yeah. warming that makes yeah. the the mushrooms the card- are just mushrooms, man. Yeah, cordyceps are just cordyceps. Yeah, they're just, just mushrooms. You know. I'm gonna be scared of clowns regardless. I, no one's <laughs> that's not going away. <laughs> and you know, I for one embrace our mushroom overlords. Um. Especially if it's this mushroom. Yeah, they're fun guys. I want to be a part of. <laughs> no, no, I don't want all the body horror that comes at the end of this, though. Yeah, these mushrooms. No, I just want the sexy gay orgy. I just want the hot well, lesbians. That's the fun part. Where's, the, where's that part? Where's the, the body horror. Yeah, they, these mushrooms have a pretty hard come down, from what it seems like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the hard come down is them all basically being like, "Where's my money back?" That's Ivy's bitch. fault. That's not the mushrooms' fault. Yeah. So then, so then, yeah. Uh, shit starts to take a turn for the worse, and uh, even. Gwendolyn is freaking the fuck out like this isn't supposed to happen they all have these like spores just like sprouting on all, all over them and uh Pam is like huh wild wild forged huh and she realizes that it is actually the uh I forget the name the, the lamia spores that have been adapting and mutating inside her body have now gotten out and grown wild so like her taking the mushroom. It's like when Casey juice. took a bath. And exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. Right. Thank you. Yeah. God, I knew there was a reason. Yeah. No. I just. I. I, I give myself a fucking MRSA colony Told and you. vision board. Sprout just, with fucking spores of disease. Just trying to follow in your idol's footsteps. Yeah. Honestly, I'm yeah. not doing a good job. Well, it could be sexier if I'm if I'm honest. There could also be a It'll lot more ego terrorism. Um. Yeah, you don't know what I do. There. 
Yeah, you don't well, she's definitely going to buy more plants. So I know you're not the avatar of the green. <laughs> you don't yeah. fucking know what I do. Um, do. Also, this is a great this is a great time plants, to you could become the avatar of the green. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great time for me to promote the Stop Cop City movement in Atlanta, Georgia, where they're deforesting an entire fucking forest to build a giant cop compound for training bullshit. Perfect. And they've already murdered one of the forest defenders. So if you have any extra money, donate to Stop Cop City. It's all over Instagram and Twitter and all that shit. Um, yeah, what sorry. Terrible, or if you have, you said eco terrorism. I'm like, well, hey, I'm not. Or I'm if you not have uh, poison ivy enough. powers, just go down there and yeah. If you have any lamia spores, <laughs> well, this got... is this is just like that poison ivy episode of the Bruce Tim cartoon. When they're oh, yeah. they're like cutting down that forest so they could build a giant mega prison. Oh man! In uh, yeah, exactly. In no man's land, yeah. she covers all of Central Park to protect kids from no man's land, and then she gets she like stays in there, and oh, it's such a good such a good book. I love that. Yeah. Point being, be more like Pam, <laughs> and also stop Cop City. So. Yeah, kill <laughs> kill people fucking the environment, and bang on mushrooms. Live Hell the, yeah, bro! Fucking live in the dream, man. Put that on my goddamn tombstone, yeah, man. right next to the quote from Fanny that re- reality can suck my dick, darling. Yeah, <laughs> my two, my two queens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all guy, Spider-Man? Speaking of a guy who probably needs some mushrooms, spider, spider, <laughs> burning bright, and and lots and lots of therapy. So he needs one of those like guided by a therapist mushroom trips. We don't. Yeah, need he needs like he needs full he needs on ketamine treatment. Yeah, <laughs> he needs full on like give him LSD guided therapy. <laughs> Has anyone else been getting Instagram ads for ketamine therapy? I yeah, wish. dude, I tr- I I looked it up. It's called Mind Bloom. They're I mean, like, hey, do you want to give us a thousand dollars to try ketamine? And yeah, I'm like, no, dude, I absolutely. could buy it off the street for like fifty. Yeah, I could go to a nightclub and get take it by take accident, care of like everyone else. Okay, but then yeah, you- no, that was when I was going down. No, no, this has been a whole mental health episode. But when I was going down uh, the rabbit hole of trying to like find a place where I could affordably get medicated or therapy or whatever, Mind Bloom was one of the ones that I found, and I'm just like, dude, I'll fucking try some experimental shit. Let's go. Like, I'd prefer mushrooms you know like microdosing fucking uh psilocybin but i was like fuck it ketamine why not let's go and then i like signed up for the newsletter and it's just like that'll be twelve thousand dollars please yeah. i was like I, I don't think you understand why i'm here well, it's because you're really paying for therapy not ketamine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> ketamine is just like a like a gift bag like when you go to the dentist yeah, that's that's the free that, gift with it, purchase it's the add-on for therapy you get like a little I, yeah. like hot rod car in a bag yeah. and some toothpaste <laughs> and some ketamine. I do like that that psychedelics are coming back in the research world again. That like they're actually letting. There's like a big push for it to get it. Again. Yeah, it, it got stopped like dead push. in its tracks when Reagan took over. Just stopped dead. Shocker. Anyway, this yeah, isn't about some, any of that. Yeah. Let's talk about some Spider Man. <laughs> this is about some shit that's way weirder. <laughs> Craven Craven eating spiders. Craven needs ketamine. Is dude. Yeah. Craven just coming out the gate, just being weird as fuck. Yeah, dude, I I've never read this before, so that's uh, first. Let's start off. This is Craven's last hunt. Uh, I had never read it before, and immediately I'm like, oh shit, J.M. Dematis from uh the JLI. So already cool. And then Mike Zek. So I'm like, fuck, why didn't I read this? This is amazing. Th- this Mike um, Zek so art is off. fucking awesome. Yeah, just fucking killing it. Um, the very 
like first page that Craven is like in this book having his like inner monologue. It's, he just immediately is just like, yeah, I'm a fucking czarist. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a monarchist. Just what fucking hanging like, brain fighting all his giant stuffed animals that he's killed in his house. What? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about how awesome he is. I, how, I never knew his how, backstory and how was Rush that is like, terrible now. They, yeah, like I didn't I didn't realize that his backstory was that his parents were like <laughs> Russian uh, oligarchy that escaped the fucking um, uh, Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah, I don't know like, how much of that is his backstory until this and how much of it is Dematis um, not knowing who the villain was going to be until he looked at Craven and was reading a lot of Dostoevsky and <laughs> well, was yeah, very was depressed. Reading, so. Well, I was reading the beginning of this and basically he was like he's, he saw, he was looking through like an old Marvel encyclopedia, saw Craven and saw that Craven was Russian. Yes. And like the dot connect. He's like, yo, I love Dostoevsky. Craven's gonna this and it just immediately I think it just spiraled from there. He's like, I know what I'm gonna do with this fucking guy. <laughs> I'm gonna make him a goddamn czar. So, yeah. <laughs> this this is a point I I've been reading Spider-Man um from I wanna so much of I it. wanna say like sixty-eight. Like right after Stan Lee left, I've been doing a read through of amazing um and now I'm I'm around this era uh the the mid 80s um and it's, it's you the character gets so popular he gets into he gets three ongoings at one point um which is web of spider-man uh spectacular spider-man and amazing and this book crosses over with all three and this was before that kind of thing had really been done um and uh I, I can so tell you whoever thought of that to thank for all this bullshit. Yeah, but but I can tell you that like, uh, having read almost all the surrounding, um, Spider-Man issues before this, there's nothing. There's like almost there's like one other arc that is kind of like this serious and in this tone. It it but it, for the most part, it's like going from Doctor Seuss to reading Poe. Like it is like it's such a very a, different Spider-Man. Yeah, this is the weirdest fucking shit, man. This this book reads like um like an Eastman Laird era Turtles book. Yeah, like it's got it, the art has a similar feel. The 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 writing is is like it's almost like a whisper in your head. This this narration. Well, um, the 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 entire thing is almost like whether it's Craven or Mary Jane or Peter. The entire book is basically told in in internal monologue, right? Um, and a lot of it is some of that gritted teeth. Also, a lot of it yeah. is Craven's. This is Craven yeah. is arguably the main character in this book. Peter's dead for like three <laughs> issues. Yeah, and it's only and it's only a six issue arc. Um, yeah. yeah. So th- this is the first time that they ever did that too. They I don't think I've I don't think I've read a Spider Man issue where the villain takes the like forefront like yes. this this is a craven book for and, sure and also craven before this was like he he was as just as goofy as the rest of spider-man's rogues i mean right. he was just a guy in a loincloth right. in new york city i mean obviously yeah. the the hunting like you know get, the hunting trope i guess is kind of it's like of course there's a there's a game hunter character like right. that just seems like an right. obvious include but he wasn't fucking terrifying like he is in this yeah, he's 
Yeah, he's terrifying in this. He went from being like the villain in Jumanji <laughs> to to like <laughs> to like a fucking like a Henry portrait of a serial killer. Right. I mean, this book feels <laughs> like this feels like uh, you know, Born Again or uh was it uh Batman Year One? Like this tone yeah. is just like a peak, like, you know, following in the footsteps of 80s books, just yeah, trying to, sure. like, make things more mature. Um, and, it, and, and, yeah, I mentioned when we started this, uh, Jam DeMattis, uh, I only know him as the goofball right. shit from JLI, so I was just like, oh, this will be fun. And, I'm and like, I, no, I mentioned no, in no. that episode, too, that before that, he was known for, like, mainly, like, more serious work. Um yeah, now my dude's got uh, got layers. And, and like he's he's in a Spider-Man <laughs> book where he yeah. like the the kind of appeal of Spider-Man is that he's a goofball. Well, reading the uh, reading the foreword, yeah. like this was a story that got shot down by editors multiple times and was a Batman book. Mm. The, the oh. kernel of it was a Batman and Joker book. That's interesting. That makes sense. Where jo- where That's Batman gets killed? Is there a scene where Joker like, eats like a thousand bats? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but it, yeah, every editor like knocked it down. Then he like when he finally got to Marvel, like the light bulb clicked. Apparently, he had a whole new villain created for this, and then he saw Craven. He's like, "Nope, we're using fucking Craven," <laughs> and just it. made. I mean, not only the best Craven story, but in in my opinion, this is the best Spider-Man story ever told. Yeah. Um, this so was can- really good. I was surprised I hadn't read this yet. Like I've read a lot of Spider-Man and, and this is one of those, I had bo- it. this is one of those books where like, <laughs> I, I kind of know most of what happens in this book because it's referenced so many times and so often. Yeah. And like, there's, there's been so many like, oh, let's just do like another Craven's last hunt. Yeah. And then like, mm-hmm. they have to kind of rehash the whole he story. He actually, so, like, well, we can talk about it a little bit later, but he actually does a sequel because he got so many complaints that he was glorifying suicide that. Uh, there's a sequel where Spider-Man kind of has to put Craven's soul to rest. He like yeah. teams up with his ghost, and it's like, come on, guys, That's what awesome. are we doing here? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, we can get more into it. Uh, so yeah, we're we're following Craven. Um, essentially, he views Spider-Man as kind of the like the one uh, big thing, like the the big enemy that he's never been able to conquer. The, the most deadliest game or whatever. Sure, yeah. You want to take that approach? Yeah, How, yeah he wants to be, defeat him. And yeah, in his brain, he decides to defeat him. He has to become him and be better than him. Yeah. So, so by doing that, he starts by jumping into a giant room full of spiders. <laughs> yep. And just starts eating them by the handful. Yeah, he just learned that you eat 100 spiders a year in your sleep, and he has to make up for it. Yeah, he hadn't been doing that, yeah. so he's got to... Yeah, he was good on his ninja quota, but not his <laughs> yeah, spider Yeah, yeah, quota. he's eaten yeah. plenty of ninjas. He he yeah. moved to America, and the, the ratios were all off, and he's just like... All off, yeah. yeah. It was too cold for all the spiders in, in Russia. So or he's just getting it all out of the way so he never has to do it again. This mm, in-joke has gotten so complicated. <laughs> It's an old joke. Too. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So but it's like uh, it's weird, like the, like that Craven stuff, but it's interspliced with like Peter just Spider Manning throughout throughout. You know, like visiting like a funeral for like an old well, informant. He's, he's it starts with him having an existential crisis of like his own mortality and like acknowledging that like friends have died, 
enemies have died. And he's like kind of honoring the death of just like some low level thug. It was like and, an informant that he worked with. Yeah. But yeah. And it and like Yeah, like it, like him realizing that one day MJ will die, one day um, Aunt May will die, one day I'll die, and just having all these kind well, of like intr- intrusive yeah. thoughts. And and not just dying, but he's worried that he'll by being Spider Man he'll get them killed. Right. Um yeah. exactly. So that's kind of the driving force of Spider Man in this book is that he his fear of um you know messing up or his fear of losing uh people because he's just recently lost uh Ned Leeds and some other people in his life. Um and, and that that is actually something that is kind of carried over from uh the the arc at that time is Peter being worried that he's messing up. Um because he does quit right. being Spider Man like a few times. Uh in the like, I was about to say, is there ever a moment that Peter's not worried about fucking right, up? Yeah, that's kind of a, <laughs> that's kind that's of kind of a central. Character. Yeah, it's a pillar of his character. But the the arguably the most serious arc before this was the Sin Eater arc, uh, the captain, the death of Captain D- uh, Gene the Wolf, and in that one he like he's fighting Sin Eater, who's just a guy with a shotgun, and he dodges out <laughs> of the way, and he lets and the the shotgun murders an innocent person. He's like, I moved out of the way, and I literally caused that. So like, that that stuff like really weighs on Peter. Um, so that that's kind of where he is in this, uh, in this book. And then they the two meet, and he he start the narration for Peter is like, you know, Craven's never murdered, uh, like a human, like you know, has never gone that far. And he's like, why does he have a rifle in his hands? Yeah, they're playing. They're playing two different games. Yeah, he's play- Peter's playing checkers. Craven's playing. <laughs> right. I'm gonna fucking kill Spider Man. Well, Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man is stuck in like you know, and given any issue of Spider Man, where he just where him and the bad guy just beat each other up. Um, right. And- exactly. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go through the motions. I'll beat up Craven. It'll be fine. Right. Like no big deal. Yeah. Like yeah. worst case scenario, I lose a couple days trapped in his lair. Yeah. Where he rambles yeah. on about right. how much better he is than me. And, and then like oh, I like fuck, how he's like, got a he's got a rifle. I like how they do the narration because like it's almost like his it's like his spider sense yelling at him. Yeah. Like it, the danger yeah. as he's seeing it, it's really cool. So. It's like his lizard brain. It's like he's got his regular narration and then he's got this like panicked yeah. like like uh, subconscious and you have, that's uh, just yelling. Peter's blue n- narration boxes over the top of the panel and the he has a rifle in red is literally like cut into the the panels. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Where where really are cool. we in um in the in the black suit saga? Cuz he's in the okay. black suit. So like was, is, is the intrusive thought is that the symbiote talking no. to him? It, I, I was wondering if someone was gonna bring this up. Okay, so uh <laughs> so this is what 293 the issue, I think. Um yeah. uh Venom is issue three hundred. Essentially in two fifty one, if you don't know, Peter brings back the symbiote that is Venom, uh, and wears that for like thirty issues. Um but they have it. They have the uh, They have the symbiote. Essentially, Peter learns that it's alive, and it. Uh, he like immediately like tries to tear it off and doesn't want anything to do with it. 
Um, so the Fantastic Four are keeping him in this cage, and then it and then it um, breaks away. But I think the black outfit was so popular that essentially Black Cat is like, "Hey, you looked really sexy in that black suit, so I made you one." Classic, classic. So they, um, when he was dating Black Cat, she makes them uh, an actual cloth black suit, and I think. In real life, that's the suit was just so popular that they just wanted to have him in mm-hmm. it. Um, to be fair, it's a pretty dope. So this suit. is this is a benign suit. This isn't. Yes. This, this isn't. So okay. this isn't a symbiote, um, and it is before Venom is even a thing. Uh, so the the symbiote is like somewhere getting ready to go on to Eddie. Because I thought of that later in the book mm. when I was like, "Well, wait, if he's wearing the mm. right, yeah, so yeah, that makes more sense then." Yeah. It. I had a split second where I, because I, I knew that, that it, he was also wearing a cloth suit at some point. And I, I kind of assumed it was that. But then later we see Craven wearing the suit. And I was just like, oh God, does Craven get the symbiote? That's actually really fucking <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would be cool. Th- that would be, that yeah, would that's, be a, that's a good sequel yeah. series. That would be fun. But, or like an alternate yeah, rewriting like a of this. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like a what if. But, uh, but yeah, the, then you see that Peter was that he buried Peter in the suit and he just like made just himself made a different one. <laughs> so yeah. it's, we'll it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because uh, the there's like for before Venom and after the symbiote leaves, there's all of these scenes that they have to include where he's like, "Oh, I left my old suit too long in the laundry and it's not dry yet." I'm gonna wear the black one, like all these dumb yeah, excuses. Come up with to reasons to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just wear the black one. Gonna dope as hell, right. bro. And, and I mean, I've yeah. obviously, obviously, it, it fits with the tone of the story. Uh, no, absolutely. And it's also he, easier to draw. Yeah. So it was probably right. popular it doesn't have among all those artists. Lines. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, you yeah. don't have to spend hours and hours, especially and on a, the and ink and paint doing all. Yeah, forget <laughs> that. There's also the, um, yeah. Someone sure. includes lines of. The fact that uh, the suit scares people more, so it's like Batman. Mm. Uh, yeah, like his like t- tone when he's like working with like some of the like other. Yeah, like that. That was the vibe I got when you he gets first introduced in this book. Like people are a little more scared. Yeah, about he seems I, to be a little yeah. more raspy too. He seems to have like a bit more of an edge <laughs> on him. No, for sure. Well- now that you men- mentioned it was written as a Batman story originally, yeah, yeah, I see yeah. That yeah, no, absolutely, it makes perfect how, sense. How mad do you think those DC editors were after this came out? Just be like, oh, we fucked up. But it's one of those things. Like, I think he even <laughs> says to a point, it's like this story would have been trash. This story wouldn't have been this story if it was made when I first thought of thought it. It this story is what it is because it took that many, because of how he got there. It's a really interesting forward that he talks. Uh, it about. probably really wouldn't cool. have been terrible, but probably would have been more generic e as a Batman yeah, story. Yeah, it wouldn't have been like this iconic su- Spider-Man story. Because, yeah. like I said, there is next to nothing of this tone as, as far as this issue. Like, th- Yeah, this yeah, would have th- been... This is a pretty run-of-the-mill Batman right. vibe. It is not <laughs> no, yeah, a, right. a, a typical Spider-Man yeah, I mean, this vibe. isn't right. even typical. Like, I, I can't think of a Spider-Man book that has specifically this tone like it did get a little yeah. edgier in the 90s like when when mcfarlane came over but it still wasn't anything like this there, yeah there are darker spider-man stories now but uh i mean obviously this is the the forerunner like and it's 
just so good because it doesn't it doesn't lose that kind of Spider-Man-iness to it. It just no, not at all. It's great. Has this other angle that is so it's so thematic. It's like I'm watching like Vincent Price narrate a fucking like black and white <laughs> yeah. horror hour. Like yeah, this uh, this book also made me miss <laughs> and long for Peter's marriage to MJ. This is literally like the issue after they get married too. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's a rough. That's a rough start. Yeah. Oh, th- that. Yeah, that's not the honeymoon. Man, that, they that asked page yeah. where he comes back from being buried alive and just the yeah. the panels like go and he, his head starts going down. It's like, oh man, that is. There's like that's like classy, and there's like nothing like that either. Like nothing as kind of flirtatious or like, um. It's so good. <laughs> so so let's Im- let's implied uh bumping yeah, ugly exactly. in, in a Spider-Man issue. Was so let's get back to the plot. So Spider-Man is captured. Gets got. He gets got. He gets shot with with some kind of tranquilizer and then netted. And and buried in a Yeah, we just cut right to him being with a fucking, fucking rifle. buried. I just love that in between all this stuff you have the panels of this guy just digging the fucking grave. Yes. Yeah, I love the, there's storytelling the layers and there's page layers in this book that are just yeah, so well great. done. That That's what really makes it on the level of like Born Again or Year mm-hmm. One or something like that is that it, it's so confidently written on top of everything else. Um, yeah. But it's even got that like the, the killing joke, like ultra zoom into like a small detail that feels inconsequential, yeah. but like the the like repeating that over and over again yeah. or building it like there's like you see the rat crawling across the gravestone and multiple times that, just to remind you that peter is my favorite is like, the, it's the just stone like, the hand the, the the burying like my, yeah there's a lot of yeah. a lot of that and my this. favorite is the the remix of the william blake poem the tiger it's the spider and it's just oh yeah. it's yeah. so thematically effective and because <laughs> i'm just a literary nerd it just warms my heart um <laughs> but so yeah, so yeah, like, after that, Craven makes his own spider costume yeah. and goes back to his <laughs> place and starts tripping balls and, on poison and fighting fucking spiders. But he, but he becomes Spider Man, <laughs> and he becomes Spider Man. He's well, I think that's when he decides I need to become the spider and defeat someone he wasn't able to defeat by himself yeah. to prove that he is superior. And that's where we get vermin. <laughs> I had to I had to look up which came first, Vermin or the Rat King. Oh, they are exact same character? Yeah, they are the yeah. exact same character and just like everything else, Turtles stole it. Oh wow. <laughs> Not only did it, it just like everything else, Turtles stole it and did a better version. Like Rat King is so much better than Virgin, than Vermin. Yeah, I mean Vermin is just kind of I, he's there for thematic resonance and not much else yeah he's a throw he's a throwaway um, character yeah but he gets his own narration boxes and yeah. the the thing i really like about vermin's narration versus craven's versus peter's is that it's it's all very uh unique and succinct to the character it's just like master class of of individual character writing it is so good like vermin yeah. has like the the extended s thing and like He's kind of like a, uh, like a, just a, like a child. Um, and he keeps spiraling every time he tries to like remember who he used to be yeah. or like 
remembering getting beat up by Spider-Man and Captain America. He can't remember Captain America's name. Right. Captain he keeps calling Flag. him Captain Flag. Yeah. And he's afraid um, of being hurt. Um Yeah. And and he's afraid of the light. He's afraid of, like he hates the 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 out the the surface dwellers and like he's got all these like but it's constantly like like he'll he'll talk himself into something that like upsets him or scares him. And then he kind of like spirals where he's just like, he hurt me, he hurt me, he hurt me, he hurt me. Yeah. Like it's just like have some kind of like repetition. Like it, it's really fucking And the spacing good. is weird. Like, like they're, when he starts to spiral, the words are all stuck together. Oh, there, yeah. there's these yeah. great panels where they fill up with words. Uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the first time we see Peter, he's having a nightmare and it's like a, a black, just a blacked out panel with the words no that are like, like it's just stuffed like repeated in the in the panel itself it's it's so cool yeah they do that a lot throughout this yeah, yeah this book it's, does a really good job of illustrating intrusive thoughts we we keep talking about books that do this that <laughs> find real interesting ways to kind of illustrate that tell you know they're using the medium well yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um so yeah craven wants to go fight vermin because the only time spider-man has fought vermin he was with captain america and uh so craven views that as a weakness and, and they both lost like yeah. like vermin kind of won so so craven yeah his goal is to go conquer something as spider-man that spider-man couldn't do it himself um like how he's as he's as he's tracking vermin down he's just becoming spider-man and just beating the living shit out of everybody well, he comes across. And MJ yeah. is there. And MJ watches uh, him do that and knows instantly yeah. that it isn't Peter. Right. She, yeah, there's that, so she knows something's wrong. There's that whole sequence where she's like getting followed by those guys. Yeah. And then Spider-Man yeah. shows up and she starts to kind of smile like, all right, it's going to be fine. I'm good. Peter's here. <laughs> and then just... Yeah, he just puts them in the hospital, and she's like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. she's like no. that's not Peter." Yeah, especially because like she was already walking around New York, just hoping Looking to find him, him yeah. because like he had already been like out too long. He's been missing yeah. for yeah, a couple of days or something at that point. Uh, but yeah, so I think that next issue is like him kind of being Spider-Man while he's trying to track down Vermin and like they just talk like a couple cops is like, yeah, man, making our job easy, but he's fucking putting everyone in the hospital, <laughs> but, he ends up kill- but he ends up killing one of them this most recent time, mm. but it's Craven, so he doesn't give a fuck. And then Vermin's out just like being the grossest weirdo. Also like just snatching, eating, snatching people and eat, e- yeah, eating people. And then like, he yep. like licks some some cop at one point and it's real it fucking sounds like weird. his mom mm. yeah because she sounds like his mom that's not a good reason to lick someone's face absolutely not nope that's probably the worst <laughs> reason to lick someone's face that, sorry i licked yeah, your face you sound like my mom <laughs> i have that written down in my rules to not lick people's faces <laughs> sounds like Under mom. no circumstances it's right it's number three yeah, just really uncomfortable, gross shit that fucking Vermin's doing. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, Craven finds Vermin, and and they they he beats the hell he, out he, of him. He, yeah, he does. He successfully does it. They and then just takes. They him. have this like brutal fight in the sewer. Yeah, they do. Um, 
And then, yeah, he kid- he kidnaps him and puts him in a cage. Which was, was what Peter thought was going to happen to him, but he got buried right. alive instead. Uh, yeah, and we finally see his hand poke uh, out at the end of that dude, issue, which is really cool, because we've been seeing it build up to that. The, the, the cover to part four the is that resurrection it, it's yeah uh peter coming out of the grave is like that's like one of the best spider-man covers of all time it's so good it's super yeah, super it's, iconic it's uh, yeah so good uh yeah and then i love that craven like knows that spider-man is is digging himself out and yeah because like i guess he's just doing like weird fucking peyote shit so he's like <laughs> somehow can't because he's like connected to vermin and and peter because he knew everything about vermin and what was going on to go track him down he knew that he lo- like had lost to him before and i guess as soon as he must have kind of done something similar with well, he's a, peter because like you said as soon as he comes out he's like he's coming well he's and he's, he's fucking I, amped i i just took that as like he's a hunter and like they that this is his he's in control of it the whole time like he knows exactly how yeah. this yeah. plan how, is gonna work that's out. how i read it too and and like the fact that he he dosed peter with some kind of like comatose like so drug. he knows so he, was, like, he knows the like how so, long yeah, it's gonna last he knows how long yeah. it's gonna yeah exactly well yeah and they the, just kept the showing that peter Craven, has, like, like some... getting fucking high on shit <laughs> fighting too, ghost yeah. spiders and like, like like licking poison out of a bowl on yeah. the floor like he had a that grant morrison yeah. experience yeah man that's what i'm saying <laughs> uh um, hey, man craven's into some weird shit craven's a weird fucking dude man uh <laughs> but i guess good for him good for then, him I yeah guess. but then peter uh well peter's uh, it starts with peter like dream dreaming about ned yeah he's um, in like a void yeah. He's in like this fucking dream state uh as he's digging out of the fucking ground. And the narration is amazing. So he's kind yeah. of like we talked about, he's talking about being worried that Aunt May and MJ are gonna die and he's gonna let all these people down, like he let Ned down and everything, and then he just starts thinking about how much he loves MJ and he is able to pull himself out. I'm hallucinating that he's a spider, but not a spider. Oh yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> shit's fucking wild. Like um, I love how the cuts keep getting like faster and faster and faster in this issue. Mm-hmm. I just love the fucking tombstone here, like Spider Man slain by the hunter. Yeah. That's a fucking flex and a half right there, dude. And then at the end, oh man. But uh, yeah, so Spider Man is able to successfully break himself out. Um, wh- which is funny because in a uh, in a later story, because we've talked about it before, but uh. Spider-Man editorial notoriously does not like MJ and Peter together anymore. Um, they actually do a flashback to Craven's last hunt and they make it his love for Uncle Ben. It's like, come on, guys. You didn't need to change the 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 cathart like the, the, the genesis. The, the yeah, motivation like, to come, come out of the grave. It's fucking yeah, dumb. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but he breaks out and he goes to visit MJ and um, He's like tells MJ that he has to go fight Craven, and she's like, "No, you could just stay here. You just we're buried alive, and you can barely speak." <laughs> yeah, also, he also his, learns that yeah. he's been down there for a fortnight at this point. Yeah, he's yeah. also when he uh, his voice is damaged from being buried. His voice, his word balloons are smaller, which is very clever, and they have like dotted lines around. Yeah, them. 
because yeah. he's whispering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do love the fact that like he cl- he claws himself out of the grave, immediately goes to find her, and is like having difficulty staying conscious, but like still got damn fuck. So <laughs> you know, priorities are in order. I mean, it is also give the guy a break. <laughs> but then also when he goes to leave, she's like. There's this moment where they're like hanging out at the window. He's like getting ready to leave, and it's like my favorite panel in the whole thing, where he, he holds her hand close to his and like just tells her that he's gonna be okay. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, no, it's really well. It's actually it's wordless. He just right. holds her hand to his yeah. face, and it, it's all unspoken. But yeah. it's it's done with such a good pacing that you can yeah. feel the like the beat that is like held you just, there. You know. You know? You're mad that they're not together anymore. Just go back. Just go back and read this book. It's fine. Stare at that <laughs> panel. Um, then he, so he yeah, but, goes. But but the thing about this book and and the thing about Spider-Man editorial is they don't really get to spend a whole lot of time together. Like even no, they when they don't. were but, married, he was always absent. Right? Like, I mean, there's I don't know. They were married for decades, so yeah, I guess. But that was kind of always the trope, like, he was gone. He was out doing Spider-Man stuff. I mean, I would definitely like to see them be happy. I don't know. They've been together a long time. I guess time, it wouldn't make a very good book if, like, they were, if they just, you know, like, hung out and had breakfast and, you know, nothing. I don't know. Clark and Lois do that shit all Comic the time. books are yeah, soap operas and never changing, so it's... Yeah, yeah, they hang out, have breakfast, and fuck in the sky. They seem pretty happy. <laughs> Just saying, the it's a it's a tough job being a writer trying trying to write Spider Man yeah. in this day and age. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, anyway, well, it's like baseball in X Men. Yep. We just want to see Peter swinging around New York while he's fucking MJ. Is that too much to ask? Well, it's happening anyway. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like- Moving Physically, on. yes, that might be too much to ask. He That's goes, he goes to fight Craven, and Craven's just like, "Just kidding, mind games. Let's fucking do this, bro." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, He's uh, like, convinces... "You and I have some shit to work out." He essentially convinces Vermin to fight Peter because he's like that. Yeah, that guy he just convinces him like he hurt yeah. you because he's in the suit and Craven isn't. So yeah. Also, but I just like the turn here. Uh, he shows of the Craven character. He shows up to Craven's place, and Craven's like, "Oh, you're here." Takes and strips in front of him, and like takes off Dude. his spider suit and puts on the the loincloth. But like, Spider Man's like right there. Yeah, like not yeah, breaking definitely... eye contact, that kind of thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Craven's an intense guy. Craven's got like some some seventies hunk body. He's got that like. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> that Burt Reynolds body. Yeah, absolutely. Which begs the question that, like, when Craven was going around in the spider suit, beating the ever-loving fuck out of people and, and like, straight-up murdering criminals, uh, no one noticed that Peter gained, like, 300 pounds a muscle? Yeah. When yeah. did Spider-Man beef up? <laughs> no, nah, because the black uh, suit's really uh, <laughs> slimming. I mean, Slimming. Peter is yeah. Yeah. No, like, what, jacked. When they show, yeah, but he's yeah, got Peter that like jacked, ropey, he's like, he's like, like twink swole. Like, uh, yeah, he's twink, he's twink swole. Sure, I was gonna say like circus. No, I know exactly body, what you're saying. Yeah, same difference. Yeah, no, he's 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 twink cut. But uh, I just love at the end of this, like 
Vermin does get away, but like the turn of Craven is like watching the struggle between Peter and Vermin and Vermin being afraid of him, but Peter's trying so hard to like not hurt him is like he realized that everyone has a spider and everyone's a vermin so like everyone has this thing they're trying to overcome and he's just like all right i'm good figured it out i want i win like i, I am satisfied <laughs> yeah, essentially yeah found the kind of mental he found what he was looking for piece he was looking for exactly yeah he found his the the happiness the calm the peace of mind knowing that this is what people are looking for um finding the honor like knowing that this is just how it works and then he just uh you know blows his brains out i'm just like trigger warning this is this is a very rough depiction of someone committing suicide it's fucking wild i did not it took i like it to go back i was like wait what yeah like <laughs> holy shit man that was definitely a thing that I, I knew happened but i did not know that, that was crazy it definitely still had like a really big impact like i knew yeah, it was no, coming absolutely. but i'm still just like fuck this is a marvel they, comic, especially because they've been like... showing this motif like they show the coffin and him looking at the picture in like the first two pages and then like all this stuff, and then and you see like... the guy digging the grave again but this yeah. time it's craven's grave and... yeah then you it's like so yeah. fucking well done realize that the whole story and his whole plan was to eventually get to a point where he could do this and it's like or yeah, be no, killed by was... spider-man like the plan was not to survive this. Yes, in any yeah, fashion, one, one right. way or the other. And I right. think I, I think honestly, th- him accepting it in this way, like it doesn't glorify suicide, but it is peaceful in this. Like he just calmly accepts that this is like the natural progression of what he's been trying to find, and like. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Like, I think Dematis. I think the thing that people missed is that this works for the character, doesn't yeah. make it right. Like, right. I mean, yeah, and and like the character has been doing unhinged shit this entire <laughs> series. Yeah, this this so man it's like, is not none well. of. Yeah, none of this is is glorified. Like none of his behavior is rational, yeah. healthy, or advisable. Like <laughs> right. it's not. This book isn't telling yeah, you. So, that this is what you should do it's yeah but it's also don't sh- don't get high and eat spiders and fight it's also ghosts showing and- that progression like he, that moment where he decided like he knew it was there he knew he was going to do it and like you ha- he, you have those pages of clarity and acceptance which is always an interesting thing yeah it's a very yeah, I, I, uh, yeah it was it like you said it like, being the right move for the character and it being glorified are two wildly yeah. different things in this instance and yeah it's it, there is no other way the story could have ended because it, it it's it's closure in a weird way for us and for but, craven so um, yeah because because peter wouldn't have killed him but if he did craven would have also won because he would have defeated yeah. the spider by making him cross that yeah. line but yeah. like um, Sean was saying, with the, the grave being dug, that throughout all the six issues, there's this mm-hmm. there's this guy who's just digging a grave um, <laughs> next to Spider-Man's, and turns mm-hmm. out that's the grave that Craven was having dug for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that uh, is, um, I mean, once that realization is just so great, like it's uh, 
Yeah, it's just it's all just tied together in a, like a very clean package. Like this was the, that was the plan. That was the the narrative from the jump, and it's like, like it's really fucking well done. And it uses that that tiger poem uh, <laughs> with fearful yeah. symmetry as the the last line because he's the symmetrical yeah. coffin. Very, very Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Very Watchmen vibes with that. <laughs> yeah, that's that fucking great. Repeating like, uh, 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 what's it called? Chorus. Mm. Like, yep. Yeah. yeah. It was so. Well also, done. this grave digger this just a- never gets a break throughout this whole book. <laughs> How many goddamn graves? I think. <laughs> also, yeah. we didn't really talk about it, but this is six issues. This yeah, is this like is short. Yeah, it's crazy. There, there's not many six issue arcs that are this like oh and not to interrupt i'm sorry like i just remind reminded that uh so as craven has this like moment of clarity he just decides to write a full confession yeah oh that's right completely exonerate spider-man because then when like when spider-man goes to like fight vermin and like hears a cop being like Man, that was fucked up what Craven did to him, huh? Yeah. And he's like, how he's would like, he know? What the know? fuck are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's a neat little, like, added, like, it just, the, the package was so nicely wrapped, mm-hmm. and it was just so yeah. perfectly done. Yeah, this being a six-issue series was, this is tight. This, this is a is tight six-issue. I'm, six, I'm so glad. a lot of shit that happens in these six issues. I'm so glad I got everyone to read it. This is definitely one that means a lot to me. Uh, it was really good. I, I had never read this before. Yeah. It's yeah, something this is such that... a key, a key moment, and like it, it comes up so often. I'm glad I finally got to yeah. sit down with it. Yeah, it, it's definitely like I mean I think it has all the kind of praise it deserves in within like Spider-Man's kind of uh history, but maybe not as mm-hmm. much about in comics in general because it really is just a masterful piece of work. Yeah, it's like on a yeah. killing joke level of, of mastery of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, it it reminded me, like, that's exactly what it felt like. Like you said, those killing joke, board again, year one, those, like, iconic arcs that were character-defining, and, like, this was that for Craven. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy, like, of all characters that this is going to happen to in a Spider-Man book. It was, this was mostly about, yeah, there's strong Spider-Man story and about his perseverance and everything. But like, this is a fucking Craven book, which is great. Cause I feel like that was the point. Like it was supposed to be villain centric and driven. Yeah. I, I was just curious. Great. Like, I don't even know that the issues don't even name it Craven's last hunt. So I was wondering if that was something that like came later for the trade or if that's just the name mm. of the, like the script pitch that Dematis put in. Oh, I think they talked about that. I, was, I read this forward. Not the, um, because when you look at the, the issues, it just says part one, but it doesn't say part one of what it just says part one, part two. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. I don't remember. Which is, is it's also... crazy, too. Like, I can't imagine someone, like, picking up, like, because they're just w- reading, like, web, and they're just, like, part three, 
And it's just like, what is uh, going on? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's what the editor ended up calling it, but his mm. title was his title was Fearful Symmetry. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, Weird. Because of the Blake right. connection. So that's that's what he wanted to call it, but it ended up being Craven's This last is also one, is one of crunchier. those <laughs> Yeah, for sure. This is one of those um those Spider-Man stories that would that, that works perfectly as a movie pitch. Like if you were going to pitch This would be a fucking awesome Spider-Man. People movie. definitely that that's definitely one that comes up all the time and it's something It wouldn't even be I don't even think it'd be close. Hands down, this would be the best Spider-Man movie. It would movie. be so good. I don't, it wouldn't even close. Yeah. You'd be so I fucking think it would... good. Spider-Man movie. He's in it. He's in it for 40 <laughs> minutes of the hour and a half be fucking awesome. I think it would take a lot of work now to get it made. Absolutely, but like, just like this would this would have worked get as Robert a Spider. Eggers. This would have worked as a Spider-Man three in the um in the original the Tobyverse in the what's his name um Toby Maguire Sam Raimi Sam Raimi and Sam Raimi doing this would have oh, been yeah. fucking wild. Well, that's uh, what I was gonna say is that uh. You, this might be a like careful what you wish for moment. <laughs> yeah, where exactly. If this if if this movie did get made, it would be a Christopher Nolan Batman where all Spider Man is now dark and green. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, know? Like, it, it like it breaks the character Sp- forever. Fine, let's get yeah. it to let's give it to the into the Spider Verse people and they can make it. Exactly. There you go. Because then it would look. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if this would <laughs> if this would lend itself well to that kind of like messy animation style. It needs like. I was just uh, saying, they seem to be really good storytellers on top yeah. of it. So. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's so. It's such a, such a. It's a hard pitch because it's like, hey, all right, guys, got a Spider-Man movie. Right. Uh, first fifteen minutes, he's definitely gonna get murdered. Yeah. You guys still with yeah. me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then like, the bad I could, guy I could kills see why the, the, the Hollywood end. machine would would turn this away. Yeah. Like this doesn't really this sell action figures in the same way. Well, it's but dude. Give me a dope Craven action figure, black suit Craven Spider Man. Yeah, but go. who are you selling that action figure to? You know, I don't know nerds. All of us, sure. Same people who buy action figures I'll now. I'll fucking buy it. But like Marvel, yeah. That's exactly. not that's Even not how studios think of these these properties. Ad- adults with disposable <laughs> income, because <laughs> that's where most action figures are being. They bought. want to sell Valentine's wanted, Day uh, cards and shit. It's like, like, can I get a grave playset for my Spider-Man figure? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah dude. <laughs> it comes with some dirt. That'll be like. <laughs> that's the Lego uh, set. You get the grave add-on. <laughs> or the Legends build a figure is just the grave. It comes stone. with a, yeah, comes with a small confessional note. <laughs> dude, that gravestone would just be a cool like statue by itself. Like that's such a fucking flex, dude. That's so the the art. <sighs> I mean, we talked about it. But art is just the art is incredible. Stunning. The the second page or whatever is Craven like like looking at the camera. Like it is just so striking, dude. The first page, it's just like him in a fucking like <laughs> pounce action maybe that's fucking it. naked just like i am great right. i'm like this is a hell of a way to start a yeah book, yeah, right? that, that, yeah 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 the opener the version is of just, this, yeah. it's literally the first page is my okay let's fucking do this the version of this i'm reading is definitely a recolor i would love to see what the original colors were on this they're great i have the original issues and the epic collection i believe reprints the original colors gotcha. yeah, i don't know what version i have but i've had this for also while. you have the recolor uh, yeah, criminally, probably. it's more red, right? Also, this book is criminally like out of print 
a lot, which is yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why why Marvel How, does that. Like, which makes it like I feel like this is like oh yeah. What's what are like the iconic Spider-Man stories? I this. feel like this is like top of the list. The Epic yeah. Collection is. I don't know if it just came out or if it's about to come out. But um, if you're if you're interested, it will be available. So talk to your local comic shop. Yeah, nice. And they can get that for There's you. There's a whole lot of while, while it's still in print for There's now. There's a whole lot of yeah, other right. issues in that Epic Collection. I'm having a really good time with my Spider-Man read-through. It's just also a lot of Spider-Man, so I'm a little <laughs> Spider-Man blitzed out at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But this, I mean, like, it's it just like, all right, I'm into it again. It's a, it's a good power. Yeah, I need to get it, that it deluxe It's not like edition. any of the shit you're reading. Yeah. but No, it's really good. I'm glad I found that. I'm glad we got to share it with everyone because it definitely deserves to be talked about. It's monumental. Yeah, for sure. So what we got? What we got next week? We got the gauntlet, right? That's that's oh. that's part of the Dan Slot one, right? Yes. Yeah, we're gonna do some of the gauntlet because that's a pretty long. Yeah, it's volume one of gauntlet. Yeah, volume more one. good yeah. Spider-Man. I was uh, I was um, bagging and boarding and and um, kind of reorganizing some comics. Well, I'm kind of still in the middle of that project, but I came across a bunch of issues. Of, of the original run of the gauntlet also so, very was, uh villain focused and yes very, uh, yeah like, very mm-hmm. different tone for those villains so yeah very similar yeah so that'll be cool to talk so about. that'll be fun so tune in next week more spider-man um and then we're almost done for this season we've got we've got one more spider-man thing and then we're gonna do our our big finale which mm. i think i'm gonna keep a secret we'll we'll tell you next week Let's do it. We've talked yeah. about it twice already. <laughs> well, if you don't remember, like, like if We're you're like me and you don't though. remember, it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's keep the conversation going over in the Discord. I'll give you a link to that in the episode description. It's totally free. You can come hang out with us. You can talk to us. You can talk to other Dueling Genre listeners. You can discover other Dueling Genre shows. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff out there for you. So come to the, come to the Discord. Hang out with us. Check that out. Also, uh, give us money. Go to duelinggenre.com slash support and uh, join our Patreon. we got a ton of extra stuff for you out there on the Patreon. Um, I was actually just on Dueling Genre tonight, last week or two weeks ago. So, yeah, if you want more of us in your ear holes, uh, go give us some money. Um, yeah, for us, for, for me, for them, this is Sesame Shortbox. Goodbye, everybody.